0: Hi, I'm Dave Barnes. And I'm John McLaughlin. And welcome to Dadville. Dadville is a podcast where we talk about life, love, and the pursuit of awesome dadding. It's funny thoughts and deep talks. So please, enjoy your time here in Dadville and enjoy this episode with... Christian Stanfield.
1: So I look Ben right in the eyes, and I say, son, uh-huh. this is a lesson you have to learn. Yeah. The car is only as good as the gasoline that you put in it. And he, and he looked at me, and he was like, whoa. there's a moment. Right. Yeah. Yeah, jeez. I love Rector. He is so cool. I was surprised he didn't know that, but he was so surprised. <laughs> okay, so listen. Before we turn this car around and head straight back to Dadville, okay, uh-huh. we have to tell you about Dr. Allison Cook and her podcast, The Best of You. Oh, my gosh.
0: I love that song. No, it's the podcast, The Best of You. Oh. Well, you, you know that song, though? Like, is someone getting the best? The best, the best,
1: the best of you.
0: It's a food Fighters Oh, 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 no. I do. But yeah. that th-
1: that's not this. Okay. but And I tell you what, I would love to rehearse that in the future because I could not stick those arms. I mean, Yeah, I'll well, stick... I got it right here.
0: I'm, I'm ready to go. Okay. We can rehearse right now.
1: Okay. No, no. Let, let's keep talking about the podcast. Okay. You'll, you'll love this podcast. It's a real pickup that combines wisdom,
0: humor, and a faith-based perspective.
1: Look no further, mm, mm, yep.
0: Yeah. Join the dynamic Dr. Allison Cook as she guides you through the ups and the downs of life with grace and humor. With
1: the help of friends and experts, she'll delve into the depths of psychology and reveal how you can break free from those pesky patterns, heal your past, and find what brings out
0: the best in you. That's right. So grab your popcorn, mm-hmm, put your feet up, done. and get ready to laugh. <laughs> also learn. Also live your best life every Thursday.
1: And if you want to get to know Dr. Cook even better, head over to Instagram at Dr. Allison Cook and follow along. Trust us, you won't regret it.
0: Is someone getting the best? Can I just say, and I'm going to be vulnerable from the top here. Oh, nice. Okay. Dave and I, before you got on, we were talking about, you know, how like the tan has gone away, and sometimes when you look in the mirror, it's like ah, it's looking a little rough, and then <gasps> boom. Like a, like a prank from God. Christian Stamphill <laughs> just pops up. No, comes oh. in just to, just to twist the knife a little bit. I'm yeah.
2: Not even. No way. I feel like the pale horse. The pale white rider right now. <laughs> pale white rider.
1: <laughs> Can we start a heavy metal band called the pale white rider? <laughs> also, the, the room
0: that you're in looks looks like an Instagram haven right now.
2: Hmm. Well, that is my wife. My wife's creative contribution to the world and to our family is um, environments and spaces. So if it looks yeah. great, it's because she's amazing. Guys, I love both of you. I love this podcast. I I am fans of both of your music. I could I'm telling not them to stop, be guys happier to be with you guys today. I'm dead serious. <laughs> I'm so excited.
0: Man, thank this, you.
1: Yeah, we, we are... We are muy excedido uh which is um not sure <laughs> is that your prayer language it, well thank you for that thank yeah. you for that yeah. yeah we're we're really we're thrilled to have you so i need to i need to intro you because people need to know who these dulcet tones are coming from <laughs> and uh a lot of you have spotted it but yes it is christian stanfield y'all you know his voice and immediately you start closing your eyes and your hands go up and you can't help it and it's just it's a pavlovian response um, in the lord and uh He's just, yeah. So, so, so so here's a little bit of uh, Christian's brag sheet, buckle mm-hmm. up, recorded first EP Hello in 2007. By the way, when did I meet you? We met in 2011. It was not real long after that. And I'm probably thinking of Attention, which you released in 2009, mm-hmm. because I think you had had something around that time.
2: Yes. We did, but we maybe. did a Brandon Heath tour together. I don't know if you remember this.
1: Yeah, I did like three shows. Yeah, I did. I mean, I was on there for like a sneeze. And then I was gone again. Brandon was like, this? and it will never happen again. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, okay. So then, uh, yeah, like we said, first full length was attention in 2009, 2011 album mountains move hit number fixed 64 on the billboard 200. Okay. So my flexing Won three GMA dev awards, 2007 special event album of the year with passion, 2009 special event album of the year with passion. And guess what? The 2011 was special event album of the year with passion why so everybody's like, w- "This voice is just making me so comfortable." Also nominated in two thousand eleven for New Artist of the Year and Praise and Worship Album of the Year. Uh, <clears throat> been an anchor worship leader for the Passion Movement since 05. Is that true? Yeah, man. Man, yeah. that is a long time. So were you were you in there leading when Wirtz and I were doing the shows out in the lobbies for the Passion? We things? were.
2: Yes, I was there. I was leading. Right, you would have at, been in there. Um, at a community group. So I wasn't leading like in the in the big main sessions, but I was okay 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 was
1: good tomlin was mm-hmm. still there at the time is that right tomlin knuckles there, redmond
2: okay. all those guys were still there yeah, yeah oh yeah
1: yeah yeah. yeah 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 um and then uh, a couple more things wrote the RIAA gold certified tune one thing remains amassed over 42 million streams out of your kids latest album make it out alive was just released gosh just released november 11th like that thing is brand new New shoes. Um, and so there it is. This is your
0: life. Is it? So how do you feel already? with the, the album coming out? I feel like anytime you mm-hmm. put an album out, that's a, that's a charged couple weeks. How do you feel? Yeah.
2: Well, it's been, For both um, your credit card and your, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's true. been, um, 11 years since I released an artist project. So, oh, right, 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 right. It's it right. feels like I'm doing it for the first time. I haven't felt felt yeah. these kind of things in a long time.
0: And 11 years ago, you're yeah. like your last one, you were like saying phrases like, What are the iTunes downloads looking like? and right. things like that. That's so exactly right. We don't say right. those yeah. things yeah. anymore. Yeah.
1: No. No, it's not a thing. You're like, so we'll recoup this in the first couple months, right, guys? Like that would
2: have been something. (laughs) That's exactly right. Yeah, that language is is gone. It's gone the way of the dinosaurs. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) they're all just write-offs now. That's all (laughs) albums are just tax (laughs) write-offs. Uh, so yeah, it all feels it all feels um all kind of new. This project is you know you. Attention and Mountains Move are both worship albums. This is more of a, mm. a singer-songwriter, storyteller kind of a record. Um, it's mm-hmm. very personal. It's really vulnerable. Uh, more conversational than sing-along. And so uh, the tone of it is just completely different. So all the emotions and um, all the feelings around it are very different. I feel like, you know, with Passion... Everything is around the conference, which is so big and amazing. You know, gathering thousands of college students from all over the place. Um, this feels more like let's sit down and have coffee and just talk about what's really going on in our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's a so different thing. as you say that. I'm, immediately, that that was kind of one of the questions
1: that I wanted to ask you about this record and and because you know you have such an interesting career compared to really kind of anybody that lives in your space has a very different career than most of us do because you do kind of have two, um, kind of like two entities. You know, you're you're part of a huge worship movement and providing music that's praise and worship. But then you also, like this record, you have your yeah. own artistry. And that w- is, is there whiplash there at all? I mean, is that is that tricky to sort of do? Um, or is it nice because they're so different that you sort of have you can put this one in that bucket and then this one in that bucket and it's nice and clean.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think it's both. And, um, you know, I love, Mm. I love the church and I love the singing church. I'm here because of the church. I mean, the reason I'm, you know, probably alive talking to you guys because of a youth pastor I had in high school who was like, you know, I see leadership on your life and I want to help you out. You seem like, you know, on the surface, you're just a knucklehead middle school kid, but I really believe there's more, more underneath the underneath the hood, so you know I'm here because of the church and I grew up leading worship. I love when the church sings to God that's beautiful uh, but the church is made up of people, and people have stories, people have brokenness in their life um, and this record is really just an effort to talk about that stuff and go hey it's sometimes the big gathering can feel untouchable and um kind of you can lose the humanity of it. But this record is more of a trying to touch on the human side of life. And, you know, Mm -hmm. in the in the nitty gritty of what we're all walking through, there's a lot of hurt. There's a lot of pain. And sometimes we don't feel like we have permission to talk about that stuff. And so this new record is really just trying to open the door, you know, and in me being honest and vulnerable about the last couple years of our life, maybe helping other people, like give other people permission to do the same because that's where the healing is.
0: Yeah. Hmm. So earlier, I think it was this year, right? Earlier this year, my family and some other friends' families, we were in Atlanta for yeah. spring break. Yeah. And that's where we we were hanging out. I met you at a friend's house. Mm-hmm. And you said I think you just turned to me and you said like, "Hey, I really like your podcast. It it changed my life." But yeah. It was such a it was I'm you sorry, said it I'm so, in such a throwaway so way.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I just went there. Hey, nice to meet you. Your podcast changed my life. <laughs>
0: so I immediately think, also here's a tattoo of your face on my. I, well, I saw the tattoo, and so I knew to kind of be wary a little bit. But I, I was backing away as you said it. But no, it was one of those things where, like, when you said it, I'm like, oh, that's so. That was so casually said. I wasn't sure yeah. uh, on what level of you know seriousness it was at. And then later on that afternoon you know we kind of found some time to chat and you told me and so you told me kind of you know more specifics of it mm-hmm. and so to the extent to which you're comfortable talking about it i would i would love for people to to hear kind of the story not not specifically about dadville yeah. and all that but but your experience yeah, I mean, but if the spirit leads feel free <laughs> sure, you know, we you have a lot of time any of our goes sponsors
1: yeah, sure. <laughs> and we'll chop that into advertisements and use those.
2: Yeah, yeah. Bit I'm happy to, guys. Permission. I love this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I guess, I mean, it was it was at the end of 2020 and, you know, 2020 and everything included in that year um, crashed into all of us in different ways. And for me, it exposed a lot of stuff personally, you know, behaviors and ways of thinking and and just stuff from our past that I had not dealt with. It all kind of came to a head at the end of 2020. And um, I knew, my wife knew, my my closest friends knew. Actually, one of those guys was the guy whose house we were at. Mm -hmm. Um, Everybody in my world knew like, hey, man, things are not okay. You're not okay. Okay and we love you too much to let you stay the same. So, what are we going to do? That was kind of where I was at at the end of 2020. There were a lot of different options floating around, you know. Um I reached out to some pastors at my church, uh reached out to my good friends and we were we were all kind of doing some reconnaissance on like what do you do? Where do you go? How do you get help? And um I So tuned just in- real quick. Yeah, sorry. So do you mean like your was it sort of like a gentle
0: intervention sort of situation or like people were just pulling you aside and saying no we call it a gentle gentle
2: vision. that yeah should be a Mm -hmm. thing if it's not
1: (laughs) well it's not gentle vision which i do (laughs) on that domain
2: but go ahead no i mean it was literally my my wife called my two best friends and um, oh wow they showed up at my house one night after my kids were asleep and sat down in my front yard and they were like hey um things are not things are not okay can you at least admit that mm. like yeah things are not good and we had a a pretty honest like pretty honest conversation about what was really going on in my life and um they didn't they said we're not leaving here until we we make a plan yeah we, we need to take some steps together how did you feel in that in that moment ultimately yes i felt loved i think i was at the point where it was time it was time to stop playing the game like the game was over there was really no point in in trying to like pretend anymore like everything was okay. It was like, hey, th- things are like beyond that point. And I was just kind of tired of of fighting at that point. I was tired of of all yeah. the pretending. And so I was at a point where I was like, hey, there's really just no point in in trying to, to do this anymore. I'm just gonna come clean. And um, and so after that, we started doing some, you know, uh, doing some digging on on some places where you know I could go and get some help. That's where the podcast enters. So around that time, you guys did a, an interview with Miles Adcox at OnSite, who, you know, at OnSite. And that was in the mix. That was in the conversation of, like, maybe we should go check out OnSite. And after that interview, I just knew. I was like, man, this guy, this place, I can't – I don't know what it is, but I I just know this is where I need to be. Um, called OnSite that week. Got you know interviewed whatever did all the things, and um, ended up there at the beginning of 2021. and it literally changed my life. I mean it um, it was the, it was some of the hardest work I've ever done in my life. Um, it was super painful. It was very it was very raw emotionally, um, but it was what needed to be done. And um, I think you know you ask how I felt in that moment when my friends came over. I think I, I had been like allergic to vulnerability for so many years. Just just wow. at, at all costs, just avoid avoid the real talk. Just kind of keep it mm-hmm. up here on the surface. And um and I came back from yeah. and why why do you feel like that it, that was the case? You know, it's a good question. I, I think um it's a it's a a few different things. I think one um, life starts to move really fast. Um, you know, married, have four kids now. Um, there's the constant pressures of, you know, providing for a family, you know, work is moving fast. Um, and then, you know, you look around, everybody just seems to have it all together. Uh, you know, mm. the, the curated image of everyone's life is like, everyone's good. Like, we're all good. Like, I think I'm the only one who's got this like brokenness in my life i I, am I, mm-hmm. I think i might be the only one so i'm just going to keep it quiet and um yeah. i think that's how i arrived i think that's how i arrived at that place mm-hmm. and um but anyway i came back from from onsite just like it, it cha- completely changed my life well i was going to ask really quickly
1: as you talk about onsite i had a friend that uh, we had like an hour conversation two days ago because he just got back and if and i've had a a lot of friends go and, and do mm-hmm. on site. And it seems like everybody's experience is obviously really different. Was yours one? Because like my buddy was saying, it was kind of a, it was like a, like I have people that come back and they're like, man, there were things I did not know that were mm-hmm. exhumed. And it was like, holy cow, there's, there's clarity. Like that's the, there they are. Right. That have some, they're like, I kind of knew some of it. And then it was like a medium, you know, like my buddy said that he's like, mm-hmm. there was definitely stuff I didn't know, but it kind of just solidified what my what I suspect. And then some people who've had a, like a lot of therapy go and they're like, it was just a nice refresher and got me, you know, wh- what was that experience like for you?
2: Well, I went thinking we were just going to talk about like the topical, like, here's the reason I'm going, mm-hmm. I just need some help with this. Oh, you got, you got, you got, you got <laughs> I got, 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 I got, <laughs> I got, got, got <laughs> <real good. laughs> I got got. yeah. After about, after the first full day, I was like, Oh shoot. Yeah. Like I got, <laughs> Which Which terrible for, terrible for people listening who
0: don't know what on-site is in general, it's like a. It's very. It's based around a lot of like group, um, group therapy. You you come in and it's like first names. No one knows what you do. Right. There is mm-hmm. no occupation being given. No one knows where you're from or any of that kind of stuff.
2: Yeah. 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 It's just, it's just first name, <laughs> and pretty quick you you start learning about people's lives yeah apart from what they do like what's yeah where they where they come from family life childhood trauma um addiction all these i mean it just all starts coming out on the table and you
0: were there for was it a week yeah yeah there for yeah. A week.
2: yeah oh wow so so
1: you you were done and, and you were like oh wow that's i mean did you feel like your experience was one where you were like oh my god look at all this stuff oh oh my gosh yes so a lot of foreign things were like, or not foreign to you because obviously they're they're in you and in your life, but that you just didn't know were in there, kind of. Yeah, thing.
2: it was it was that. I think it was also some of it. Um, you don't even realize how these moments in your life or experiences have really affected you mm. as an adult. So these mm. things that happen way back here, yeah. you know, they connect to to things that are happening right now, you know, in the present. Mm-hmm. Um I think the most powerful thing for me at onsite though was understanding that I was not alone. So yeah. This is, this is what I was saying before, you know, I think one of the reasons I was so scared of vulnerability and honesty for so long is cuz I thought I was the only one dealing with what I was dealing with. And um I got to onsite and I realized, man, not just here this week, but like in the world there's this beautiful community of people who are committed to being healthy and whole and living in a in a real honest authentic way and um so coming home from there just tried to set up that kind of community here and invite people in and Mm -hmm. stay connected to people here and that was you know nearly two years ago and it's been the you know most Mm -hmm. incredible two years of my life not perfect for sure uh, Mm -hmm. but man just night and day different from you know the end of 2020 to to where we are here so when you say
0: that you came home and you wanted to set up something like that in your life, I think a lot of people who see you at church would assume that would have have been in place already. Like, were were you surprised that the, not to say that the environment was toxic beforehand, but were you surprised, like were people really uh, receptive of that kind of like community that you wanted to get going? Were they like, we should have had this this whole time kind of thing?
2: Yeah, you know, it was crazy, man. Like I would I came home from on site and um first of all, you know, what I learned to do coming home from on site is I learned to be oddly specific about things in my life. So instead of talking like mm-hmm. in these big generalities, like, Oh, I'm really mm-hmm. struggling today, I really need some prayer. You know, and it's like, no, like I'm gonna I'm gonna like gonna go there with, with my guys and almost get oddly specific about like
0: I'm mm-hmm. gonna hey, just
2: break down a few things in my and what's going on in my head and my heart that you guys need to be aware of. Um, so that was that was a big shift. But as I started to like have lunch with guys and coffee with guys and start to tell them about the process I was in of getting healthy and um, start to open up to some of the guys on our on our team and even friends back here in Atlanta, bro, it was crazy. Like almost a hundred percent of the time, coming back across the table was bro, me too. I've just been yeah. I didn't know that I could say that out loud but I need I've needed to for so long. Yeah. And so it was almost like as soon as you like pricked that balloon it just like popped and everyone was like, "Man, thank you. Can we please just talk about that? Like this is crazy." Yeah. So, it was almost like people were just almost waiting like waiting to have the conversation.
0: Well, I do think that it is crazy. And I mean crazy. How You know, that lie that you're talking about that you're the only one is like the strongest rubber band in our minds. And I think even two years out, like as you're talking, I want to say to you, like, dude, I I could I could open my life up right now and you could look and it would make you feel better about your life. Like (laughs) and in two years, you could forget all the truth or just that one simple truth that like, oh, I'm not the only one that you discovered at onsite a week later, that could be gone and you could be, you could start retracting back to that. Like, I feel like I'm kind of the only one. I know some things were said last week Mm -hmm. and, but those, that was last week. Now this week I feel like I'm starting to be the only one again.
2: Yeah. Well, one thing that we've tried to do like to come, like to combat what you're talking about is like, I'm really bad at planning stuff. So like, I'm really good in the moment. I operate in life instinctually a lot, instinctively a lot, like just kind of like flowing. Um, I don't put a ton of things on the calendar. Uh, I'm here talking to you guys. So that's a win. You, you killed it. You but, doing it. um, we had help, but, but what I've learned to do is like put things on the calendar. So like every Tuesday morning at 8am, I know I'm meeting with these guys every Wednesday at one I know I'm talking to this guy every Thursday morning at 10am. I know I'm talking to this guy. And so, as you have those connections throughout the week that that you know are there it helps you remember what you're saying that i'm not alone and you have mm-hmm. i had a conversation with a guy this morning it was so good to talk to this guy and go okay all right yes all right i'm not alone in this fight we're in this thing together i got your back you got my back we're 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 on the same journey together so i i think yeah. it's putting that those things in place in your life so you don't forget it's important yeah you know, the, the, so there were, th- I mean, I was literally taking notes the entire
1: time y'all were talking. So th- three thoughts mm. that I had that you were, that that, that I thought, of, I think are very powerful. I think one, to your immediate point about, um, you know, being alone. I, I think if there is, there's probably, you know, three to five things in the last five, four to five years of my life in my 40s that I think God is just mm. doubling down on. That he's like, I really want you to understand these things. And one of them is just this idea that he really has made us to be together. I mean, the church as a word is really tricky because I think people can hear it and go like, you know, and there's scars there and those things. But the collective spiritual church, God's intent for people is to not be alone. It's to never That's be right. alone, right? And and there's solitude, which is a very different thing than, than loneliness, you know? And so I think, one, um, I think the more we lean into understanding we are symbiotic by posture like our posture in the world should be toward people always I mean that's that's really the the goal Mm -hmm. of the church of the global church just Mm -hmm. to be together like we're not supposed to be alone because you know that is it's again it's the imagery Jesus used so much he's pulling the lambs apart and that's when the wolf gets them right is when they're not Mm -hmm. with the flock and that's why I love that imagery of a shepherd is he is the good shepherd he's keeping us together Right. And I think our society right now is so big on like, you do, you do your thing. You got to know you. And yes, we need to know who we are. I mean, that's, that's the help with onsite, right. Is reminding that's us who right. we are in yeah. our stories so that we can be healed in them. But ultimately it's not to stay out there. It's to come back. It's to be a part of a body. We are a, we are literally a body. We're the feet with the hands we're all these things. Right. So I think one, that's something that I think is so important for anybody listening. And even as we're talking, I need to hear this is just that, You know, the movement is always toward people. It's always toward people, always toward people. Always. The other thing I was thinking about that you said, and I say this a lot on this podcast, but it's so true. um, This is not my quote, but, um, and it's exactly what you're saying with OnSite, is that anytime I heard this quote, and I actually don't know who said it, but I quote it all the time. Anytime we come together sharing our strengths, it breeds competition. Mm -hmm. Anytime we come together sharing our weaknesses, it breeds community. And so I think that the trick with the church is then we can't just be together. We have to be vulnerable. And, and that, you know, you have to be careful with that. And I think obviously Brene Brown and a lot of people have great thoughts around this. But, you know, you can't just come in slinging your heart around because I can get, get you in trouble too. But in the way that we can relate to each other because, and, and you know I've talked about this before, but there was a, when, when I heard this quote 15 years ago and it changed my life, I started to do this experiment because I'd be in lunches with other guys. And I just feel like, this is mm-hmm. not working. Like, you know what I mean? You know, you'd sit with someone and you're like, I really like this person like me, but... And I would go okay. I'm just going to share something and see what happens. And it was <laughs> like the conversation would take this amazing left turn, where it was like, "Can I just, man? This is what's going on with me." And they'd be, like, "Dude, that's what's going on with me." And I was like, "Oh, here we go. Yeah, yeah. here we go. That's here it. Here it well, is." Well, I do feel like those
0: yes. who who are steeped in the church a little bit, there is like Christian, where you were saying earlier, that sort of like general vague. There, there's a there is a language. Yeah, 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 unspoken. Yeah, <laughs> that, which you know. <laughs> Praise report great, great <laughs> Got okay. a couple unspoken, I got a unspoken uh, too. I'm going to piggyback on these unspoken I've been, un- I've been unspoken for 20 years
1: <laughs> I have a gray unspoken A couple of really dark black unspoken That are real unspoken uh, I
0: have a couple of unspeakable unspoken <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, You know yeah, and, you and right. I I always want to be careful When I'm being critical And it's fine to be critical but it's all about the heart behind it But that sort of that language can get us all mm-hmm. into trouble. Yeah, and you find true. yourself, it's Dave, true, like you're yeah. saying, you're at lunch and you're kind of speaking this language, and it's not doing anything for, for anybody. Any good. Yeah. Until you just go for it and you start saying something real. The thing, it's, it's the other thing that
1: I noticed with that, to your point, John, is like, it, it, it's, a, it's really a sociological joke in a funny yeah. way because like you'll, I see it happen. And what, once I heard that quote, it's like I, I entered the matrix. I neared because I was like I could see it happen. A guy would come in a room and he isn't meaning to do anything but just to make himself feel secure. So you just immediately start talking about good things, and then you watch the guy next to him and he's like, "Oh yeah, we just closed that deal on the big multi billion dollar thing." Oh no way, are you dealing with Jim? He does all my deals, and I have a lot of deals that are multi billion dollars. And you just see it; it's like dominoes, yeah, right? Because in and it, and and I learned it's not anything we mean to do. It's just security. It's just oh God. Well then, and you, it's the sprint has yes. started, and we're yeah. all just. Just like, you yeah. know. Whereas if you see somebody come in and do the opposite, the opposite yes. happens. It's right. the opposite domino it's like man, I'm so, dude, God, can I tell you, man, we had my wife and I had a fight last night and I'm still kind of mad and I'm you know, and then all of a sudden there's just connection, connection, yes. you know. So I think and, and then the other thing I was gonna say, and just for those who are listening, I I can't I really want to double down on the on site thing and, and more just there because I think that you know, it's got less of a bad um rap mm. these days for sure. But I think the thing that I was reminded of talking to my buddy about on site was and you just said it so well, Christian. I think for anybody listening that's like, God, I just got this stuff I can't shake or and I think my promo for therapy, and I would I would say a lot more so for on site, because and Miles talks about this so succinctly and clearly in the two you know the couple times we've had him on is they've done all these studies to show that, you know, mobile therapy, like acted therapy, physical, like when you're walking around and doing things which they do there, these mm-hmm. stories and they walk through all like these exercises. Kind of it's really stuff. fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. Role play kind of, yeah, yeah, which is a fun thing to say out loud. <laughs> um, but it really is so helpful. And, 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 you know, Miles, and they can show you the data where your brain just processes it so much quicker and sig- more significantly than, than just talk therapy, which mm-hmm. is still amazing. But what, what I, I'm saying, I'll just say this. I think for those who are listening, the, the clarity, and you just said this, Christian, that's so powerful about great therapy is there are all these things that happen to us that we forget about. But they iterate into these massive things later mm-hmm. in life, and, and you're like, "Why is it every time somebody does this, I get really mad immediately?" And that's a big response to something that really good therapy and what on-site especially does is they start tracing it back and tracing it back, and you realize, like, my buddy had this thing happen, you know, somebody said something to him, and he was like 11 mm-hmm. years old, 10 years old, and it has informed so much wow. of his life mm-hmm. since then. Mm-hmm. And in and that, that kind of therapy, somebody was able to go. That's that's mm. the thing. And he was like, Holy cow, that's the thing. And so I think, you know, it's just having somebody that knows how to sort of spelunk, mm-hmm. you know, that can take that thing into your soul and kind of because I think, you know, especially in the church, you know, you can find people who go, Well, God can do that stuff. And he can, he can, right? But he can also give people the gifts to do that. That's with exactly you. right. And I think that that's where it's so powerful to me is when you really do get with people who are so gifted schooled, experienced, and gifted. And they kind of put on their headlamps and they just sort of take your arm and they just walk backwards into your mm-hmm. life. And, and you're going, yeah, this is all this stuff. And they're like, no, this isn't normal. And you're like, oh, it's not? you're like, no, no, no. Because you're just used to the tapestry. You're used to, yeah, right, you know. Like I laugh with a buddy of mine when he was getting married. He's like, so, so what is marriage life like with your family? Like what is it like bringing a spouse in your family? I was like, this is what I think it's like. It's like every day you wake up and there's this tapestry that hangs on your wall. Right. And you're living by yourself and you're like, that's the Barnes family. Right. And that's what it is. And then, and of course I'm, I'm speaking in jest here because by the grace of God, I have great parents, but you know, we all have faults, but you know, then you bring a spouse in and you're like, that's the tapestry. And they're like, wow. And you're like, yeah. And they're like okay quick question in the corner there's a lot of blood and there's a dragon and you're like yeah that's the dragon that's the blood dragon and they're like well no that's that's really he's you shouldn't have a blood dragon in your tapestry and you're like oh well we, well we do and you're like well maybe let's circle that and then like and on the mountain there's a huge demon that's shooting yeah. fire out of mouth. Like, yeah it's a yeah. mountain fire demon and you're like well that again is probably not something but you're just so used to seeing it right you're just right. so used this is my life and i've just learned to acclimatized to it and, and, and then you have these people that come in and go, no, we need to talk mm-hmm. about those things. And all of a sudden you go, oh my gosh, as a 44 year old man, I respond this way when triggered by this thing, because something that happened to me when I was nine, and that's where the mm-hmm. freedom comes, you know, is that when somebody can sit and pulls that thing out and you both look at it and they kind of twist it around, and you sit and you deal with it. And there's a million ways yes. to do that, that you really do get free of mm-hmm. these things. Mm-hmm. It's yes. crazy. You know, and that's why, and, and last point, and this will end my TED Talks class sermon, um, this is the thing that he and I were so were marveling at, is that, that when Jesus said he wants to free us, he really wants to free yes. us. It's not the, I'm free and I'm liberated to be who I am. Sure, it's that, who God made you to be, but he wants to get you out of this bondage. Like, that's the goal. He knows how you're mm-hmm. made. He knows these things. He knows that the body keeps a score. He knows the things that attach to our life, like, lichen on a vessel and he's going, Hey, I want to get them mm. off because you move the best in the water for yeah. any of these things. And You're like, well, it's not that bad. And he's like, no, trust me. If I can get you how I made you, it's so true. <laughs> it's like, it's good. Stuff. That's So, <laughs> you know, good. And so mm. I think that's, I, I just, you know, to reiterate what onsite can do. And again, I say this really just for people listening like, I'm thinking about it. It's just crazy. What, what that work mm-hmm. does, like these things that you don't even know, iterate, and you have the clarity to finally go like, oh, and it's and, and you know to your point and my buddy's point when you got home, it's not like all of a sudden everything's fixed, but you at least go, okay, here's the yep. work, this is the work, and I can do. You it have work. a way forward,
2: yeah. uh, and you have new tools to work with for yeah. sure. Yeah, and I love what you're saying there. You know, when you talk about Jesus setting us free, you know, I think it's good to to make the point that all of this isn't just you know vulnerability or therapy for vulnerability vulnerability or therapy's sake there it's a process of growing and changing and getting better and getting more healthy Um, and so it it is just a stop along the way but um, man I love what you're saying too about about needing people Um, because I think my my tendency you know especially for, for a long time and even still is to isolate and to be alone Um, But learning to invite people into all of life, you know, I think you want to stay up on the on the mountaintop and celebrate with people. But I found there's almost the roots of relationship actually go deeper when you cry with people, you know, invite people into the sorrow of life and go, hey, this sucks and it hurts and it's messy and we don't have an answer for it. I just need you to cry with me for a little bit and go. Mm. I'm here for you, man.
0: And so it's, you know, it's the
2: it's the mountain and it's the valley. You know, it's the shadow and the sun um that that's life i mean in the church outside of church man that's just life life is hard um this is a broken planet we're living on and we need people um i I, actually while you were talking i thought about this quote do you remember this book i'm not gonna remember the name of this book but it's like uh the boy the horse the mole and the fox or whatever it's that illustrated the illustrated book you guys read this yeah yeah yeah. i do know what you're talking about it's amazing I wish yeah. I can't think of the title right now, but um, I, I read this quote in there the other day. It says, uh, "It's the, <laughs> go with me here. It's, a, it's the horse talking to the boy. And he says, when have you been at your weak, or it's the boy talking to the horse, sorry. When have you been at your strongest, asked the boy. And then the horse says, when I dared to show my weakness. And it's mm. such an upside down way of thinking about it, but when you mm. open up, and you bear your soul and you show your weakness, that's actually when we become, we, we start to become mm-hmm. our healthiest self. That's when we, that, that is when we yes. get stronger, you know?
1: And I can't tell you how many times I'm like, if you're gonna get on the roof, you have to have a ladder. And he's like, a ladder, more like ladder cry, which I guess was a Hootie and the Blowfish joke, but I totally missed it. I was so confused. <laughs> we just stood there staring at each other. Yeah, and
0: that's your first sermon
2: yes. you've
1: ever preached.
0: That's exactly how it ended. You're
1: uh, good. Listen, You're good. Can I tell you something? Please. It's an exciting day, John. Oh, yeah, it is. The yeah. day is finally here. Yeah.
0: All right, well, let me guess. Okay. Uh, it's not your birthday. Nope. That's no, too early. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not the anniversary of you discovering my first too album, late is it? That one. No, no, no.
1: Today okay. is the day okay. that I kick off my new soap lifestyle brand. Dad
0: and Seds. Dad and suds. Yes. Sounds like you have quite the clean slate to start from, Dave. <laughs> but wait, 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 wait. Okay. You hear that?
1: That sounds like the platform that's changing the game for millions of businesses around mm-hmm. the world. And mm-hmm. that's
0: Shopify. Job. Shopify. That's yep. right. Whether you're selling handmade soap, it is handmade, right? Yeah. 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 Okay. Or yep. custom t shirts about soap. Yep right? Mm-hmm. Either one, Shopify makes it easy for you to sell both online and in person. Well, you
1: can wash away your worries with Shopify, John. Oh, and the best part is that Shopify covers all of your sales channels. Yeah, they do. You can use their in-person POS system mm-hmm. or their all-in-one e-commerce platform to sell your products.
0: Yeah, And they've made it possible for you to sell across social media platforms like TikTok, where all the kids are, Facebook, mm-hmm. where your parents are, and Instagram, <laughs> where we are. <laughs> Just knowing that, helps me with my new song, The Scrub-A-Dub Blues. call me interested. uh Uh It's part of a concept album
1: called Clean as a Whistle. Oh, I love that. Without a doubt, that album will be the dark side of the moon of it's time. I'm telling you. For those of us on Instagram, we're going to love that. (laughs) Plus, with Shopify's (laughs) industry-leading tools, you have complete control over your business and your brand, and you don't have to be an expert in design or code to make it happen. I can see it now. A live album called Sud Symphony Mm -hmm. or Lather and Live. I'm workshopping it. Don't, okay. don't judge us. Yeah. All right. Well, if you never need, ever
0: need help, Dave, yeah. Shopify is there for you 24-7. You thought I was going to say 24-6. Nope. But no, nope. 24-7 with their support team and an extensive business course library. They're committed to your success every step of the way. However... They can't help you name any soap-related business entities. There's mm, okay. some legal red okay. tape there.
1: Now it's so. your turn to get serious about selling. and Try Shopify today. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period $1. at shopify.com slash dadville, all lowercase.
0: Go to shopify.com slash dadville to take your business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash dadville. This is Possibility,
1: powered by Shopify. So, I, I jump down from the monkey bars. I look at him right in the face and I go, "More like my little pony." <laughs> I'm not lying. I mean, if there's a reason to get kicked out of church, that would be it. I haven't been back since. I'm yeah, totally lying. worth and it. The posters are up and everything. So, John, <laughs> yeah. You're ready yeah. to go on tour. And I just want to say yep. that again, you're getting ready to go on tour. Yes, I am.
0: What's your right. daily routine on the road? Oh, that's a good question. That's I mean. a big question. Yeah. All right. So I start every day, you know, practicing my latte art, yep, obviously. Yeah. Then I throw on some mismatched socks mm-hmm. and then I load up on liquid IV yeah. Dave. Why? Yeah. Because it keeps me hydrated all day long. You know yeah. how sound check can get ah, really dry. So dry,
1: especially in Colorado. Yeah. You know, John, liquid iv and it looks like liquid four but it's not it's not but we know what the liquid's for (laughs) liquid iv is a hydration supplement you can add to water one stick just one package in 16 ounces of water hydrates you two times faster and more efficiently than water alone that's
0: right you know with two times the hydration factor
1: how much time do you think you could save listen i wasn't good at geometry in high school however Liquid IV contains five essential vitamins, B3, B5, B6, B12, and vitamin C, wow. and has three times the electrolytes of traditional wow. sports drinks. Plus, it's made with premium ingredients, non-GMO, and free from gluten, dairy, and soy. That's
0: right. Get all those out of there. I don't want them. You yeah, don't want no. them. And when I take my morning batch of Liquid IV, I feel so refreshed. Yeah, you do. I do it every single day. Plus, Liquid IV is out to change the world, Dave. Let me tell you. They have donated over 36 million servings in 50-plus countries around the world. It's not just about hydration, It's about making a difference. That is amazing. Grab your Liquid IV in bulk nationwide
1: at Costco, or you can get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com
0: and use code
1: DADVILLE at checkout.
0: That's 20% off anything you order when you shop Better Hydration today using the promo code DADVILLE at (laughs) liquidiv.com. Man. Dave, I want to give a shout-out. And when I give a shout-out, I always laugh because it just brings me so much joy to give a shout-out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with free samples. You know it, John.
1: This time of year, my allergies are in fuego. They're Mm -hmm. always on the attack, but I use this, and
0: you should too. Oh, I do, Dave. Every day in our house. Luckily, for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. Designed for
1: serious allergy sufferers, which is is me raising my hand, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients, just one pill, to relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you
0: can breathe better. This double-action combination of prescription-strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, and itchy nose and throat and sinus congestion
1: and pressure with ease. John, I've been taking Claritin D for my allergies for a long time, and it's been an absolute life changer. I can go for a run without my eyes watering. I may be crying, but it's not sure. from allergies. Totally different. And I can sing without feeling like I have a fr- like a big old, let's say we call it a frog. It's a, it's like a toad. It's like a family of toads. It's a family. It's a turtle. Yeah. In my so
0: you ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? Yeah, me. I it's too. time to live Claritin clear.
1: Which again, it's, it's, you know, in our, in our weakest, he's yeah, the right, strongest. Right. It's like, you suddenly have these moments you life, like, Oh, I think I know what he's talking right. about. Now. Right. <laughs> Cause at first you're like, okay, don't score the last goal. Let your friend score it. I've been weak <laughs> and you're kind strong in me, you know, but instead you realize like all oh, these, these things that I'm peeling off myself that feel so vulnerable and terrifying and I'm just sucking my thumb on yeah. the floor. And God's like, here we
2: yeah, go. right. Exactly. You know, now we can. I can. Begin. I can work exactly. with this. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. so
0: at at some point, like music started to. Some of this experience started to translate into music. Yeah. Which I have several questions about it. I mean, first and foremost, just my my head, because I am a songwriter myself, and I have this long standing relationship with music. Yeah. I, I'm curious, did you feel pressure to write about it? Because I, I think sometimes when things happen to me, like mm-hmm. like when mm-hmm. we had kids, I'm like, I have to write songs for mm-hmm. my girls. There's a pressure there, mm-hmm. you know what I mean?
2: Mm-hmm. I don't know. Did you feel that at any level? I think uh, for me it was more about survival and... Just processing out loud what was happening. I yeah. um, so I started writing songs that actually are are part of this project pretty early on in the process because I just needed to. I needed to write this stuff out. I, it was almost like purging it out, like, like journaling. Yeah, almost like journaling. And I didn't. And this is the honest truth. I didn't think if, when I started writing the songs that I was writing for. You know, I was going to make a record or that it would be like a part of a project. It was, mm. it was really just therapeutic. It was writing to yeah. heal. Mm. And, um, but then as I started going through the process, I realized what we're talking about. That, man, everybody's everybody's hurting and everyone's struggling. Maybe, maybe these songs could actually help somebody else or give somebody else words to use for their own story. Um, and, mm. you know, it was a lot of fun too, because I spend, a, a lot of a lot of time as a songwriter writing songs for for the church and writing songs for people to sing in a church setting. Um and these songs were not that. Um now I grew up listening to hmm. you know, Billy Joel and James Taylor and um Stephen Curtis Chapman and all these amazing they are, songwriters. You know? That's the kind of music that I grew up on. It's the kind of music that I love. And so telling a story it was it was really just fun like creatively. It was so fun to just go yeah. down this different path and, 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 uh, open doors that weren't, you know, usually open as a songwriter, or as a creative person.
0: Hmm.
2: Um, so yeah.
1: Yeah. Did, so, so, so what, one of the things that, um, that I think is interesting about that is that there is such a difference in writing those kind yeah. of songs. Yeah. I mean, people, I think if, if they, if they aren't music people or they don't write songs, it's easy to think like, Oh, like, praise and worship is just different words and and you sing it but you said it so I actually wrote this down because I thought it was so well said you know it's it is kind of the difference between a sing along song and something that that is just mm-hmm. not that mm-hmm. you know what I mean like you want to get people i mean that's the you know I think good praise and worship has a collective yeah. feel there's something about it that invites you to sing along you know and that's a very different thing than than a, really kind of the, a lot of music even pop music I yeah. mean, some of it is meant to be but a well, lot's just meant to be listened to and enjoyed mm-hmm. you know um and so that would be a really different way mm-hmm. to write i mean it would feel like putting a different hat on in some so yes yeah, right yeah absolutely it's like you said it's freeing yeah. in, in some ways like you said because you're like oh man i can actually make this a little more nuanced or use words that are not the words i would use you know to to invite people into as much as to
2: listen and observe and take it yes, in a different way. Yes, it's It's definitely more of a storyteller approach. And um, I, I think sometimes, you know, with, with songs like this, I've, I felt okay about writing very personal, very specific lyrics in these songs and not having to explain them and just put, the, put them in a yeah, song yeah, and say... Yeah.
0: Yeah. If yeah. if
2: you really want to know what it's about, you can just listen to the song or listen to the project. You'll 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 figure it out. Or what does it mean to you? You know. Yeah. But in a in a worship song, it's your your um. I want to give context for the truth that we're singing and help people understand. Trying to as a as a worship songwriter, you know, you're trying to remove all the roadblocks, you know, so that people can just get That's get well in said. the current and just sing. get in there and yeah and uh that's always been my goal at least as a worship songwriter but with this man it was very autobiographical and i wasn't really thinking about anybody else and I'm, that that sounds kind of self-indulgent to say it that way but i wasn't thinking like who's gonna ingest this or absorb this it was more like i need but you know what's yeah. interesting that as you say that that really
1: is probably the best qualifier i can think of the mm-hmm. difference of those two things and, and, and not in a selfish way is yeah. your point Being an artist that's a singer songwriter that's not doing praise worship, the best you can do is to get lost in who you are and not Mm, think about it. Wow, yeah. The most detriment that comes is worrying about what everybody's going to think about it, or is this something about? Well, we Dave and I talk about this all the
0: time how there's like this this sort of weird dance that's it's like an unspoken dance where like your fans. If they love that last record, they kind of want a different or they kind of want the same record, but they want a different record and as soon as they feel that you're trying to sort of like edit to them, mm. then like the magic is lost a little bit, wow yeah, it's gone mm.
1: you know but then wow. with
0: with with not that is uh
1: that is the diametrically opposed opposite of mm. worship music. you just said right. it so well, like you're trying to get everything out of the way. It's got to be singable. Sing? Approachable? It's approachable. It I mean, be... it's got to be yeah.
0: a a a song that there's a simplicity to it that is that is really difficult to write, right. I would imagine. I mean, you got to be able to like the band at your church if they can play it, great. Well, they're great musicians, but like the, the band at the church down the street, Anywhere. they got to be able to play it. That's there's right. It's got to be it, it's a
2: very narrow lane. It, yes. It is. I mean, I think there is there is a there is a cool blend that you can find especially right now, you know, in worship music. Um immediately I thought about Gratitude by Brandon Lake, one of my favorite songs out right now. That song, you, know, you listen to the verses, it's very very personal, but people are connecting to this lyric in a in a very real way and then responding mm-hmm. in in worship. So there is a way to like do to do both, which is which is cool to see when, when that happens, but You two—I mean, both of you guys—are two of the best at what we're talking about. You know, telling stories, writing songs, um, even musically. You know, and I—I love—I love hearing what you guys are saying about about writing these kinds of songs. It's if you if you had to rank us, though.
0: And with everybody. And I literally mean it by it's everybody. Yeah. music. Let's just, let's take, just our take our time.
1: time. And, uh, yeah, yeah. No, no. Just, I, let's I, take a I, listen. Yeah, yeah.
0: I'm so fascinated with, with any other songwriter, especially when it's someone who has got, you know, like the three of us who have mm-hmm. done it for a long time. Because you've got that beginning part that Dave and I talk about, that, that beginning where you're just, everything you play, mm-hmm. it's maybe the first time you've played that, chord and you're like yeah. it's everything is a discovery you know what i mean mm-hmm. and you're not tired of your own voice yet and everything just feels like kinetic you know and yeah, it's just boy, coming, it's coming out it is and coming. then you know 17 years later it's like you can't i can't find <laughs> yeah. a key on this <laughs> piano that i haven't played you a haven't million hit. times you know that's right and yeah. yet there yeah. is something about some new idea that is just like magic. And you're like, yes. I don't know why I've played this a million times, but it feels different
2: now. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And part of the magic of the last couple of years for me was disconnecting from the expectation and just mm-hmm. creating, not yeah, thinking right. about the consumer or who it's for or the function of it, but just creating and falling in yeah. love with being a creator again. And, and you know that I feel like dreaming.
0: You know, you mm. people might be listening to this who are not musicians or maybe not quote-unquote mm. creatives, but as you're talking about you're specifically talking about music and mm-hmm. and your last couple of years uh, your relationship with music has been like you're saying just forget about everything else and just create. Mm-hmm. Forget about expectations. And it really is just exactly what you were talking about in the beginning with your actual life. I mean, we all are creative. We all are like living our lives. Yeah, that's right. And you needed to forget about these, these faux expectations Mm -hmm. on both sides, faux expectations expectations that you have for other people Mm -hmm. and just like, and just live your life. So for those who are listening who are not quote unquote like creatives or writing a song or whatever, it's the same rule of thumb for a yeah. you know
2: that's right that's right beautiful man wow thanks
0: um so
1: i want to digress just for a second because we're, we want to talk about the fact you have four children which yes. is amazing and is well you know everybody more than you and your-
0: who anyone who has one more kid than you have <clears throat> is crazy and so i was thinking before this interview i'm thinking well i think dave's crazy because he has three kids and then mm-hmm. dave by definition, thinks you're crazy because you've got four kids. <laughs> yeah, it's just how the rule works. But you
1: think, but but if you're staying with the math, you think he's twice as crazy as me. I might be. So okay, I want to digress on two points quickly before we get to the kids. Can you? Do you have any good uh, worship fail stories? Because oh I feel gosh. like you might have one. Or two. Oh my gosh. Um, yes, I do. Because I feel like failing for me and John is kind of like cheating. Yeah, it's like. Nobody's singing with us. Right. You know, I mean, the, the expectation is very different because like we can go out and fail and it's funny and you forget a lyric or, oh, I started too fast or whatever,
0: whatever. With you, though, you know, yeah, you, yeah. somebody might have <laughs> it's just like, been a lot about steak. to accept Christ. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> the next People's word, eternal destinies, destinies hang in the balance. <laughs> <It's> right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yes. That's
2: yeah. True. It's just a lot more stakes. So I'm crazy. Um, if you had I mean, there's that, a couple. Man. I've told this story before, but. So our song, Glorious Day, is, you know, this big celebration, like, just, you know, big moment. Uh, once, I, So there's this moment right before the bridge happens where I would always try to, like, talk to the crowd and get people fired up about what we were singing and kind of, like, infuse some, like, leadership there. And um, I would always lose the one. Like, always. Always. I would <laughs> I would count us back in at the most... Wild moment in the bar. And <laughs> and our our MD would get so I love this. He so would laugh, much. but he also started to get kind of frustrated. He's like, Man, Stan yeah. Phil you just gotta count to four, bro. Like this is not this is not hard. <laughs> and so after it happened a handful of times, he said, Listen, if this happens again, the song is in D. He said, We're 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 gonna change the key up to E for the bridge. So he was. I was like, ah, oh, bro, that's hilarious, and I'd forgotten about it. No, well, we were at this big no. conference in Texas. It was the very end of this big conference. There's all these, you know, students there, and we're doing Glorious Day. And I start talking before the bridge. I lose the one. I count us back into this weird, and all I hear in in my ears is the MD. His name is Jeff. He goes, Oh, you've been a bad boy. <laughs>
1: No, 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 no,
2: no. Yeah. That is amazing. So we come back in on the bridge and they have jumped the key from D to E. Not only is that insanely high for my voice, every (laughs) staff member of this church has come out on stage. There are beach balls everywhere. I'm getting hit in the head with beach balls. The key is different. I can't sing it. The band is losing their minds. They're laughing so hard. And it was a complete cluster. That is it was wonderful. It un- so great. Oh, That's you've so been great. a bad Oh, you've been a <laughs> bad boy.
0: <laughs> All right, guys. Yeah. we it. Having- <laughs> That's right. That's
2: Beach right. balls. Beach balls. That's, That's right. right. Beach balls. Beach balls. And people are taking selfies on stage. And I, I am just, I that don't is even hilarious. know where I am anymore. Anyway it's that's a oh whole other gosh. skill
0: though to be like to be playing you're in the song you're in the song and then you're going to talk oh you know what listen. i mean it's a different part of your brain and the I'm band would try to tell me you. they're like
2: hey man this isn't that hard like and you know they're doing all this complicated musical stuff over this musical interlude thing i'm like man i am such a basic musician i cannot follow so would you you would just you would just lose where they were and then Cause I'm sure it's kind of like and it's washy hating, and it's like digga 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 bow Yeah, so it's not like Yeah, yeah. Lim, lim, lim. You know, it's like all these like hits and stuff. Yeah, and I'm just yeah. losing the one.
1: And so you would just go here we go one
2: two. You just and pick up wherever you want to. And they would have to go with me, you know, So like, here we go one two three. And they're like, where are you? Like, what planet are you on? man? like, it was. I love that so. That's where it all came to a head. Okay, c- but, can I ask oh one gosh. more
0: aside now that we've done the, yeah, the worship? Yeah. Nails, Digression yeah, too. Yeah, I, I have really wanted to ask you about this because you are in the worship space and mm-hmm. you are a, a cool looking guy. You got, you got everything's put together. You got cool clothes on, everything. Maybe your wife picks out your outfits as well, but no, no, no judgment, judgment there. Okay, preachers and sneakers. Yes. What are your, I'm sure this is probably a longer conversation, but oh what what are your thoughts on Preachers and snickers? Because when that came out in 2019, maybe early 2019 is when it kind of, when I was aware of it, mm-hmm. I, and I'm not in the, in that world, you know, but I was just like, I, I hear both sides, people who are sort of for it or against it to oversimplify it, but I was just like, I think this is good. This is a good conversation that we're having. This leads yeah. to good conversations. But you're a little more in the crosshairs.
2: Man, uh, I don't feel like I know enough about it to like weigh in. And I don't feel like I'm trying to dodge your question. I just, I haven't followed the account super closely. I haven't read the book. I don't know any of like why, like why all that's out there. Um, I think I will say like, I think it's good to not take ourselves so seriously and I think it's Yeah. I think some of that stuff is just funny and I think that's okay. Um I think it is touching it like on a deeper something on a deeper level. Um hmm. that and it depends on who you ask and uh, you know, people have different different stanzas and all that stuff. Um but I don't know, man. I, I I I I mean do you do you have a
1: take? I guess the thing I'm curious about too is just like, which you may have answered with just not taking it quite as seriously, but I think the thing that for me it triggers is this feeling of of like um, hypocrisy, I hmm. guess, just kind of like, you know, it's. I mean, that's what the that's what the whole paradigm is, is like, oh, you're up there talking about these things, but you're wearing twelve hundred dollars shoes. And the thing that's tricky is like, you know, is that inherently. No, there's nothing in the Bible that says you can't have expensive sure. things. But I think culturally, you know, there there's it's tricky, mm-hmm. you know, and and I am curious, like, how do you I mean, it's not like you're wearing I don't maybe you are. But I mean, how do you balance that being someone who's being viewed that way and you're on stage? I mean, that that is a that's yeah. just tricky,
2: you know? Yeah, I mean, I can just talk about for me, like the way that I approach it. I'm, I'm just not trying to do anything that's that's distracting people. I think that's that's how mm. I go about it. So I wow. think it, you know if I'm going to wear something that and and the story becomes about the shoes that I'm wearing or the jacket that I'm wearing or the watch that I'm wearing, um, then you know I've done the moment a disservice. That's how I that's how I think mm. about it. Wow. Um, Look at you. You know when Come it on. comes to being a worship leader, you know my goal is to disappear. My goal is just to mm. you know facilitate worship and lead worship. And as a worship leader, I'm I might be leading the time, but I'm not the only worshiper in the room. So my my goal is not to go like, hey, look at me. My goal is to get facilitate worship, let people connect with God. And if something that I'm wearing is distracting people from doing that, then you know, I, yeah, I I just that's how I think about it. That's not an indictment on anybody else. That's just how that's just how I think about it. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Um, okay, K- kid land. You have these
0: four yeah. kids. What are, What are the ages of your kids right now? So, uh sixteen, thirteen,
2: uh, whoa, 10 whoa, eight. Whoa, 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 whoa! You have a sixteen-year-old. Sixteen. He turned sixteen yesterday. You look yesterday. like you're twenty-eight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You have a sixteen. old is he getting man. his driver's yeah. license? He'll get it in April. He he wasn't really in a hurry to get it, which is. Uh, I've I figured that's this is that's true about this generation. I've had I've had a few yeah. friends tell me the same I feel like it's
0: not kids. as much of a thing
2: as it was. I was, was pounding the door down like give oh, 100%. me. I got it. We freedom. we got it when we were fifteen in Mississippi. Yeah. That's I mean, crazy. it was like
1: yeah, come on. So yeah,
2: sixteen, so, so he, okay, thirteen, and then ten, and then my youngest will be eight on Christmas Day. Actually, so that's oh wow. We're at. Mm-hmm. How do you feel? Have that's you been hot...
0: driving with your sixteen-year-old?
2: A little bit doing that whole thing. A little bit, little bit. Yeah, he's it's cool because he. I think he understands the responsibility. That's I mean, firstborn. I think he's got this. Like he understands that not only is his life in his hands, but the people who he's driving around. He's got so he takes it very seriously, which is good. He's got a long way to go before he gets his license in April. So yeah, um, I would think. Jeez,
0: I mean, my oldest is about to turn ten. So I'm, I'm years away. But when I think about 16, I'm immediately terrified. Oh my gosh. But I think like, as you were, as you were talking about, you know, doing the driver thing, I think, oh, when it gets close to that time, they're going to start watching how I drive. Mm-hmm. And then it's going to be the type of thing where I'm like, no. I can't do the drive yeah. with my knee for a second while I got my coffee. I'm going to have right. to like become a better <laughs> driver for a window of Time, that's right that's like right 10 and 2 the whole time otherwise they're going to be like well you you do the thing where you drive you know
2: yes
1: dad you nap most, most of, of the, the time, time you're nap. driving
0: yeah yeah yeah
2: so that's a terrible yeah, one of those one. self-driving situations <laughs> I'm, yeah, Just, yeah yeah, yeah I am hoping Kids, wake me up when we get there
0: <laughs>
1: yes. God. yeah um so so with with the kids i mean that's interesting your kids i, I didn't know they were as mm-hmm. old as you are that's fascinating what what is what in the season of life that you're in, what is really fun and sweet right now? And then what is like hard?
2: Man. I mean, there's a lot of both. I mean, the fun and sweet part I'm having, I have this connection with my 16 and 13 year old. I mean, we're having some pretty like heady conversations about life and they're, they're going through Hmm. stuff that middle schoolers and high schoolers go through right now. I mean, going through middle school and high school with social media. I mean, give me a break, man. Like, are you kidding me? That's that is, a nightmare. It, I mean, I have so much uh, compassion and empathy for what you know. Um, so they're not on a lot of social media, but um, so the the fun and sweet part is is having those that kind of connection with them and being able to talk about like real life stuff. And then my my ten my my youngest two girls, ten and eight, they're just still like you know they love play in school and they love horses and baby dolls. And it's just, that's just amazing, you know? Um, mm. So uh, the hard part is, you know, parenting teenagers is, it's, it's wild, man. And there's no, I don't, I, I keep, I think my wife and I keep thinking there's some, you know, Matt, you know, uh, secret out there that we haven't discovered, but I, there, I don't think there is. I keep asking like some older parents. I'm like, mm. can you give me like, how do I do this? And they're like, yeah. do you guys hang out in a cave somewhere and talk <laughs> yeah. about this? And I don't know it until a yeah. certain age. Can you invite yeah. me? And, um, it's just, it, it can, it's definitely hard at times and it's staying vigilant. And, um, I think the thing we've tried to do is just keep the door open and let our kids know that they can come to us with anything. Um, nothing's mm-hmm. off limits. I've been, you know, appropriately honest with, with, my son about my life and what's, Mm. you know, the journey that I've been on and my struggles, even when I was his age, I'm just trying to let him know like, Hey, look, dad is not perfect and I haven't done it right all the time. Mm. And you're going to just going to get grace upon grace from me, man. Hell does enough job heap heaping shame on our kids. Mm. Uh, My wife and I want to create an environment where they know they get, they're going to get an embrace and they're going to get grace and no judgment. Mm. Um, you know, we have to deal with sometimes. You know, you make you know decisions; there are consequences, and we'll walk through you with that, mm-hmm. but or with you through that. But, um, yeah, I think just trying... or through you with that is just as right, appropriate. right, right? right. <laughs> <laughs> <No way. laughs> yeah, no but yeah, man, it's we love it though, man. I it is it's the the hardest and the best thing that that I do, being a dad yeah. and raising these kids, man. It's they're just they're amazing they're miracles i love them so much love them so you mentioned
0: how you were talking with your son about you when you were his age and all that and one thing that i feel like i do a lot i think it's good and bad is i i really compare like my daughter's childhood to my childhood mm-hmm. at any given time as much as i can do that with you know my memory and all that kind of stuff like i feel like i'm always trying to gauge it a little bit. Do you do you do that?
2: Yes, I do. I mean, I think about when I was, um, you know, my kid's age. Uh, I mean, it's what we were talking about earlier. You know, I didn't have near what available to me, what they have available, you know, now, Yeah. And um, our childhoods are very, very different. Um, but I think, I think my, my struggle a lot of times is comparing myself to other dads, I think that's that's the mm. hardest thing for me. You know, I look at other kids, mm. and I go, "Dang, man, that dad's doing a way better job than I am." <laughs> you know what I and mean? what
0: is what is your thing with that? Because I feel like I I think I do that as well too, and it's always there could be maybe a dad who is you know I don't know rolling up taking like buying his kid some big thing or whatever and that wouldn't phase me at all. It would only phase me if it's like the area of parenting where I feel like I'm failing or something like that. Yeah. If I saw a dad, like, you know, he throws his phone in the lake and then is just staring at his kid with like unbroken eye contact. Um, That's the guy that's, I'm like, I'm doing it wrong. That guy's got it all right. You're like,
1: first of all, he's wasting his money. (laughs) That's littering. He's terrifying his child. (laughs) He's terrifying his child. Very dramatic. But I think my
0: thing is like... Dave and I have talked about a lot like what's the thing that that will make you feel at the end of any given day like you had a good day as a dad Mm -hmm. and I think I have to have like a moment with each of my daughters and it could even be a moment where I feel like I'm really like engaged with them like I'm playing with them I'm not I have a guilt about work I've got a guilt about phone computer all Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff like I I want them to feel like I'm really present with them even if it's just a, in a moment. So that's my thing. But what's the you know, what is there an area where you feel like you're a little more vulnerable and looking at other dads and comparing yourself?
2: I feel like uh I I relate to what you just said. I think it's the connection piece for me. I want to be connected to my kids on a heart level yeah. and be interested in what they're interested in. I want to look at them in the eye. I want them to feel my attention on Yeah on any given day. And mm. some days I do that well and some days it's harder to do that. So I think where I get where I play the comparison game is when I look at other dads and I think that dad's doing a great job of creating experiences for his son or creating experiences for his daughter or yeah. look at the way, you know, his son, you know, carried himself in such and such setting like uh in the, he, he's really raising his, that that's where I I start to compare my 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 dadding to other dads um yeah yeah yeah. but so much of that is self-inflicted man like we're all our worst our own worst critic you know if i had my daughters or my son here they'd be like dad you're you're doing a great job like
0: we know yeah we know
2: know that you love us and you make sacrifices and we feel you like you're you're good i'm just so part of you know the the thing that
1: i think the biggest the biggest encouragement i always get because i think you know, every dad we have on talks about this. It's just that, gosh, you know, am I doing, is it working? Am I, am I being conscious? Am I being present? Am I, whatever. The thing that I think all of my older dad friends say is like, just the fact that you are wondering that means you're doing, then you're doing
0: fine. <laughs> and I was like, okay, that's, that's a good right. <laughs> it's proof because, of life. You know, it's just so, it, <laughs> yeah. yeah, there you go. It's but then proof of, of course, life. And so I think for me, where my mind goes is, But there's got odds are there's got to be one dad who's like, well, that guy actually did wonder and never did anything about it. Sure. Just Statistically, there's got to be one, which kind of is the same. He's drunk on that raft in the backyard. It's the same thought as the, I'm the only one, you know what I mean? Yes. Right. Sort of in that same, it's on that same sheet of paper.
2: I, I found a lot of freedom too, in realizing that one day Isaac will be sitting at a place like on site or with somebody going, I wish, or my dad dropped the ball in this way, or I wish my dad, like, we don't, we don't get to escape that, you know, like I, I'm not the perfect dad, you know, I'm trying to reflect the image of a perfect father, but I am not the perfect father. So I, I've had to let that go. I think for a while I thought I will be the one dad who doesn't put their kids in therapy. Like you're wrong, bro. That's not going to happen. No I think
1: it 's gone for me from, from exactly what you said, that feeling of like I just want to be the dad that they 're like, "No guys, and I hear you crying about your dad, but i 'm crying for different reasons because my dad's the best <laughs> he 's Captain America, but Shrek, but also a little bit of Alf it 's a weird kind <laughs> um, but I feel like I feel like for me that the thing that i 've changed from is that, which you said that that I want to be the mm-hmm. one dad so I 'm like, you know what I want to be now? I want to be the dad that when mm-hmm. my kid comes to me, I mean this is why we apologize so mm-hmm. much now is we want to set this path up is when he comes in and say 25 I just had my first therapy session or whatever and there's some junk that you did and I go yes, yes. so let's tell I know myself enough to know I probably can say this before you did but mm-hmm. you go first and that's what yeah. I want to be it's not not necessarily dad's like nothing ever happened but the things that did I know I'm well acquainted enough with my sin to go yes everything you've said is very that's on brand for me and i'm so sorry and let's talk about yep. it you there you know, go i'm like yeah. that that that's what yeah. i want to be yeah. you
0: know like i can't do the yeah. first thing but i think i Amy can. Do the same I thing. Amy and i always tell each other like and we know we're going to we it's got, that day is going to come mm-hmm. and it's probably going to be they're going to say the thing that we swore we nailed that's right you know what i mean yeah, yeah. it's going to be the one yeah. thing that we're yeah. going to be like oh, no 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 hang yeah. on not not that
1: they're like you tickled way too much <laughs> oh my gosh i need to take it this really quickly. And Then we the last two questions this was the cutest thing in the world and i can't believe i'm telling the story but i just have to tell it we're sitting in the car the other day and i was you know my kids are still young they're um 11 8 mm. and 6 and i've just i just felt like i've just not been nailing it lately it's just the holidays and you know we've just been around each other so a lot so and, and and it can get mm. tricky and so i'm in the car and, and we're driving to school <laughs> i can't believe I'm saying this, but, it, but i go i said guys just like turn the radio off i was like listen I just feel like I haven't been doing a great job. Is, is there I want y'all to think today about what I could be doing better. Just like what are what are things that daddy can be doing better? <laughs> and I'm telling you before I can get done with the sentence, my daughter looks at me dead serious. You just tickle too hard. And I was like, Okay, yeah, no, that's okay. She's like, Yeah, I mean like I tell you like, Dad, you're tickling me too hard and you don't you still tickle hard And I was like, Okay, okay And I'm like not and then literally my son goes, Dad, you gotta stop farting man. It's like <laughs> It's pretty intense. And I was like, okay, that's good. <laughs> I mean, I'm so ready. And I said, hey, guys, if that's what we got, that's what we got. And I'm listening. Uh, but, you know, it can be harder than that if you've got anything. And they're like, no, it's pretty, that's pretty yeah, that's much good. where we are right now. I was like, let's <laughs> go away from this conversation
2: and think. <laughs> they're
1: going to be at on-site oh, in 20 years shit. with those same yeah. issues. The same issue. Uh, just the fiber. My dad's fiber intake was really But it just goes
2: to show sometimes we're
1: harder on ourselves than... Well, I mean, truthfully, uh, truthfully, like part of my takeaway was going, okay, Dave, let's slack up a little on existential dilemmas (laughs) with your six-year-old who's like, you got to stop ripping them in the kitchen in the morning. Sometimes it's It's not not that heavy. (laughs) It's just not not that heavy. heavy. Um, Okay. So we we always ask these last two questions. I'll ask Mm -hmm. the first one. Um, What is the one thing you want
2: your kids to know? Mm, Man, I mean, I... I've listened to this podcast a lot. and I kind of knew these questions were coming and I tried not to think about it beforehand, (laughs) but now like in the moment, there's this like, (laughs) I just think I want them to know that I'm a safe place. I think, I think that's what Mm. I want them to know, that they can come to me with anything. um, The door is open and that my arms are open and that dad's, dad's a safe place. There's never any question about how I'm going to respond. When they come to me with something kind of heavy or hard, mm-hmm. um, I can celebrate with you, but I can also cry with you. I think that's I think mm-hmm. that's what I would want them to know.
0: Yeah, that's great. Last question: What do you want your kids to say at your
2: funeral? I I think I would want them to say that he was the real deal. I think mm-hmm. um, I think I would want them to say like what what you what you see is what you get. Like he was the same the same person at home as he was. On stage, he was the same person at home as he was at you know, hanging out with his friends. Um, I think that's I think that would be a pretty, uh, a high compliment just to know that yeah. like there was this, um, yeah, that there was uh, you know, this sameness of yeah, how it was at home and how it was professionally and all those kinds of things. Like he was the real deal. He he's. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah well man thank you so much it was great yeah thank Bradford. you i've been really thank looking you, forward you. to this one thanks guys